What's up, man? Oh, we're live. Oh, we're live. We've been, yeah. We've live! Been... <laughs> we're live. We are live. Making the Cut with Corbin Trev, episode 23, Light the Lamp. Light the Lamp. Tell me about it. Light the Lamp. It's a, a hockey reference. Oh. So in lieu of last episode and talking a little crack and hockey, we'll follow up with more <laughs> crack and hockey because we're now post-expansion draft. Light the Lamp is a hockey term. Basically, like, put them in the net, you know? Uh, uh, Light the lamp. Uh, yeah. But I think it can apply elsewhere in this episode, and I may or may have not got something on my sleeve. Oh, goodness. So. I'm intrigued. Light the lamp. Light the lamp. What's new with you, man? Dude, it's been a minute. We, we took a little little time off, but... Um, just, I knew a Ju- yeah, just a couple months. Yeah, just a couple Just a couple, couple short months. months. I knew July was going to be pretty heavy at work, and so got through that. And then for August, man, just... That you know, we dealt with a lot of heat, like, yeah. like a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, so that was brutal, but but we just we really laid low. Um, just took kind of settled back down from work. It's still been steady, so I'm just kind of feel like I'm in that mode of yeah. go to work, come home, chill, wake up, do it again, and I'm perfectly fine with that. There you go. But got to have a routine, dude, for sure, yeah. for sure. Routine so, is good. Just getting ready. These kids getting ready to go back to school and just. Enjoying the is last few days next of week. Yep, yep. Wow, dude, crazy. I know, dude. I know. I started seeing like throughout this week some of the like first day of school yep. posts. You know. Well, yeah. And my, this... my wife and I are not parents yet, so correct. You know, just a couple of dinks doing our thing, dude. Dinking. But, uh, yeah, nice it, was, to be it was good to see. I was good to see a lot of the first day pictures. You know, first day of third grade. Oh, I first, love those. You first see... day of seventh grade. First day of. Freshman year, families, first day of senior chillings. year. Gosh, I got a cousin. And I, he was he was dressed in a tux for his first day. Smart move. Well, she was in a tux or a suit. A suit. He was dressed in a suit. It wasn't a tuxedo. It was a suit for his first day of right, uh, senior right. year. He's a kicker, actually, believe it or not. And he sent a bunch of film to a number of universities. Uh, it sounds like he can hit pretty consistently pretty consistently past 50 yards so excellent i think he's got a shot at maybe playing at the next Collegiate. level which is d1 maybe yeah we d1 d1 double a maybe may or just right to the backyard and eastern and probably yeah, oh yeah well no he lives in california there. so oh, oh, he oh. i mean yeah, i should probably like look up his like max preps po- profile and see where he's like ranked amongst the state because i don't know enough about that i should probably be better about that but yeah, you should. Anyways, you heard it here f- first, folks. If uh, if Hunter Kennedy uh, ends up going pro in the NFL, that's my cousin, and uh, <laughs> we called we called we called it we called it on episode yeah. twenty three of making the cut. Corbin Trev. We'll expect a contract from some network. Um, well, that's good, man. What? Yeah, uh, yeah. you been doing anything outside, like working out yeah, or? Yeah, dude, still. I got, well, you got jits, right? Jap jits has been killing it. Um, it's been fun. A lot of guys are doing really well. The gym's getting a lot of recognition from, yeah. you know, just yeah. the UFC stuff. And that's awesome. Yeah, uh, been skating a little bit when I when it's not blazing hot outside. Okay, that's nice supplemental like yeah. cardio almost. Yeah, there you go. Get the legs working. Yep. Haven't taken a gnarly spill yet, so that's good. Yeah, you you're gonna want to make sure you don't do that. <laughs> I'd be I'd be ideal to not spill but yeah um yeah man just the end of summer end of summer 
watching a fair amount of TV. Okay. You know, on the when it was so hot, it was like, what else are you gonna do? Yeah. And so, yeah. Just turn the AC on, thank God, and then um, pass out to yeah. the show or whatever. Yeah, we watched we watched White Lotus. Okay. Which I don't remember what it's on. Did you guys? I watch think it's that? HBO. Okay. Yeah, we got the HBO Max and uh, hook up and um. Watch that, and then we watched that trashy ass reality show, F Boy Islander. Oh, okay. Which I'm that's not me. I've never been into that stuff, but for some reason, I couldn't. Drama, drama, it. drama. Dude, and it, it was for whatever reason, I found it super interesting watching these people have to interact with each other. It was funny. Yeah. But it was also. Yeah, like, those, those are sometimes interesting dynamics where it's like you yeah. throw all these people on a place that they can't leave and. See how happened. much they can act out and make a fool of themselves. Yeah, and all those folks are like, it's all a, it's all a, a next step for them. To, oh, totally, know, totally. Become a host of some show or do something else. And, yeah, a uh, perfect example: Chase Rice, country singer. Yeah, was on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, so that's, that's just cool, one man. example. There's many more, but right, right. Off yeah. the top of your head, for though, sure. Bro. That's it's it's something that will help catapult whatever like career maybe they're thinking about. Yeah, going into just being a known person for sure. You know, for so sure. you know some trash and then some. I thought White Lotus was really good, really well put together. Um, kept me interested until the end, and then and then I wanted more afterwards. So. Yeah. Um, what about you, man? What have you been up to? Uh, just staying busy with work. Um, probably the busiest time of the yeah, year. Yeah, you, you know, it, it, honestly, the busiest time for me is usually like the spring months because it's like mm. when that business really takes off, and then once you get into the middle of the summer, you sure it the the business is busy, but like it's almost like the business is so busy that they my clients don't always have enough time to talk to me. So I have to like really like stay in tune with what's going on and try to keep my tabs on things and check in a lot and do a lot of like the account management stuff rather yeah. than like more of like I'm always selling, but like I would say I'm more aggressively selling or pushing sales in the months of like, well, September really starts to pick up for like the fall months and yeah. the winter, but like my sales window, like my big sales window is, you know, end of September, early October through basically like February. Wow. To like really like set yourself up for the entire season because it's, it's tough to get, in my industry, it's tough to get the business to change something that they're doing in the middle of a season. Right. So right. When it's, it's time uh, to change, you want it to be the right time. Yeah. Yeah. The right. So, yeah. so things are busy with work. Um, you know, just getting ready for starting to try to pick stuff out for a little kitchen remodel that we're going to be yeah, doing here. Exciting, and, yeah, man. which is exciting stuff. Um, wedding season is pretty much come and gone. That was a uh, that was the gnarliest wedding season I've ever been a part of. Man, I'm not going to lie. Like four weddings in six weeks, two of which I believe we were part of or in. Um, so. Yeah, it. Uh, we've got one more. My uh, wife's, um, so my sister, future sister-in-law is getting married in October, and that's in October. So, you know, still got a little bit of time between now and then. Luckily, that wasn't like right after the other ones because that would have just I, been I brutal. Yeah, I yeah, it was. It was. 
But uh, it's, we're, we're excited about it. Uh, excited to get started with the kitchen remodel project shortly after that. Uh, recently, just this last weekend, I played in a cornhole tournament. Yeah. And um, that was super fun. I've kind of gotten a little more like, I don't want to say serious. Well, okay. I'm taking it more seriously. I haven't got to the point where I'm like playing in like a league once a week. I'd like to start doing that. Yeah. And then potentially starting to play in like tournaments around the region just to maybe get a little more experience. This was my very first tournament ever playing. And we um, played in the social division, which, you know, there was a few teams that probably could have played in the elite that ended Mm. up finishing like top four. Um, but we like, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's the elite division or I think they call them sandbagger division, (laughs) uh, the social division and then the mini baggers, which was the kids. There's some pretty good little kids, by the way. Oh, I bet. And we finished top eight in the social division. So went, went six and oh, and then lost to a guy and his son. Good team. I think they actually ended up winning it. So we lost to the, the loss to the champs. But there, this his son was like uh, insanely good for what I I think the kid was maybe thirteen years old. Yeah, and apparently he told us after the told us after the game that he'd put thirty hours in the backyard the week of just practicing, just practice, practice. And I'm like, they I didn't lose. do that at all. <laughs> so shame on me for you know right but light bulbs probably went off where it's like man i put a little more effort yeah so i i ended up buying some new bags that have a (laughs) (laughs) that have a slick and sticky side so that you know trying to take it to the next level um, can you do that you can bring your own bags uh usually well in this in this specific tournament they supplied them for the social division elite you bring your own bags yeah yeah everybody's doing that yeah exactly so, we'll see. I'd like to play a little more, and I'm going to try to Hell as yeah. much as I can. When you you know when the flakes fly, it makes it a little more difficult because it's typically an outside thing. So I'm going to have yeah. to figure out like, are there some indoor? You know, is there like an indoor league I can get get into and maybe throw bags like once once a week, twice a week, just to pr- just to just keep to keep practicing. keep practicing. It's kind of like a golf swing, you know, like you dude. Yeah. You know, if you're not doing it year round you're gonna you're you're gonna go through you're gonna go through phases where (laughs) i know that sounds crazy you're just throwing a a a bag through a freaking hole (laughs) but yeah i don't know it's the competitive nature of it it's a it's a fun it's a fun sport and it's growing immensely here in the northwest or at least it's the in the northwest it's becoming i've got buddies that are having like thursday night throwdowns weekend throwdowns where it's like you know you show up and Hey, let's uh, let's see who can toss take. Some bags. Yeah, let's toss some bags and Dude, that's see who can win maybe a little bit of money. So yeah, yeah, and it's you're socializing. You know, you're having fun with your friends, or you know, it's just and being competitive. Like, yeah, you got to have some, you yeah. know, little comp, little fun recreational competition in your life, or else you're just kind of like you're just. It's not like you're being soft or anything like that, but more it's just kind of like there's no Yeah, f- like fantasy football, like when right. when you decide that you're crazy enough to join five leagues like Dude, I am this you year. You did not. I did, yeah. It, it, that competition is like, well, I have everybody from the entire NFL on my squads, right. so I'm probably going to win one league. 
You hope if you don't, we got we got to talk <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, if we if we yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm but sure. like, yeah, that very much is a part of my life right now. In fact, if I've had two drafts this week, I had I have, th- gosh, I have three next week because we got Jordos Brutal. and yours, right? Yeah, Monday, Mondays one of Jordans, Tuesdays one of Jordans that I'm in. I think that's the Dynasty League. Uh, Oh, he has two. I, I yeah, know. and then I've got the I've got ours. Yeah. on Wednesday. I was like doing that last day before the season starts because I feel like you know all the injury news up to that point. Like yes. you're, there's not any last minute surprises where like you know I didn't know that he got hurt. Right. You know. We're all because um, it's, it's you know the the preseason games are over, but. They're still practicing. So yeah. shit can fucking happen, dude. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, but yeah, man, just just uh, you know, getting ready for football season. Excited about that. I'm gonna probably smoke some ribs this weekend on Excellent. the on the pellet grill. Yeah, Hell's and yeah. Uh, just have a nice chill Labor Day weekend, man. It should dude, be absolutely should be exciting. So yeah, we're we're chilling as well. It's I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but um. I just I feel like I've been going enough midweek. I can't can't keep can't keep a plan for Labor Day. You know. Yeah. I need to rest. Yeah. We're gonna get these kids starting with school the week after. It's yeah. Yeah. And then that's yeah, and that's gonna take a lot out of you. I would assume. Yeah. That for, especially that first week. That's probably pretty stressful. Yeah, and you got just it's just off because you got you, it's orientations and things like yeah. that. So there's a lot more extra. Whereas middle of the year, you just drop them off to school. Right. And then go do go to work. Yeah. But yeah. But I'm looking forward to it, you know. Yeah. Good. Yeah, Good man. Good stuff, man. Absolutely. Well shoot. Let's uh let's get into it, man. We've got a we've got a great episode ahead. Um Excuse we're me. gonna talk, uh, as we always do, some mm-hmm. MMA to to kick things off. Yes. Uh from there we will transition to a college football segment because it is the one of the first weekends, not the very first weekend. There were some games last weekend, but the first big weekend of college football. So we'll cover that following our MMA segment and transition from the college game to the NFL because that's coming up as well. Have a little, uh, have a little, um, I don't, we won't call it banter because usually banter is more like talking to each other, but we'll talk some NFL stuff. Yep. Um, including a small segment within that about our beloved Seahawks. And we will oh. circle back on the last episode uh, and finish um, our uh, episode 23 with some NHL talk, specifically about the Kraken, mm. and uh, maybe have uh, a few walk-offs on the end to recognize Ooh. some awesome Ooh. achievements in the world of sports. That's so, cool. yeah. I gotta come up with a walk off. Yeah, you've you, well, I've got a, I've got at least got one some, more. Can I, I think one? I think that there's one that we can talk about maybe. Nice. You know, on a break here. Yeah. And uh, you might be able to to talk about. I think you you probably figure it out by how we talk about it in the in a certain segment. But, all right. Uh, all right. All right. Without further ado, man, what? Uh, kick it off with some mama. We've got some MMA to kick it off. I I um so do we want to I don't do you want to talk about two sixty five or you just want to move forward you want to move forward uh yeah I was mostly gonna think we just like 
recap this past okay. fight night. Okay. Because we were hanging out for that. We were, and it was a special one. It was so. a special one, and there was a, the Ultimate Fighter final. Yep. Um, was on that. Um, takeaway, what did you think of that fight night? Oh, man, it was super fun, for one thing. Yeah, I think that that was... We were Jordan and I were talking about that the next day, and that was probably like one of the more fun... Funner's not a word. Yeah. But more fun fight nights that we've had in quite some time, dude. It was, there was and it wasn't even it wasn't even a main card. No, it. it I mean, we like were it. all. It felt like it. Yeah, it felt like it for sure. Yeah, but that was fun. No, um, new people. We got to watch some fights with some new folks to bring them over there. Yeah, it's always fun when somebody somebody invites a new a, a new face for everybody yep. to bounce off of, and yep. yeah, bets were flying around. Yeah, freaking finished off all the beers for the most part which it's not all about that but you know that's the that's the social lubricant oh yeah made it a little more exciting for everybody yeah yeah. and i feel like it was fun because people were kind of like discussing things and they weren't arguing but people had opposing viewpoints and we still just like yeah, it just moved along. There's a lot of respect within the room yeah. when it comes to talking MMA because pretty much everybody that's in that room knows what they're talking about. Yep, they might have a different opinion, but it's respected and understood. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, you know, you don't if you're all rooting for the same thing, it's kind of like, well, this is communist. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just joking. There are some there are some times though where I do. It, get excited about that where we're all like in the same room oh, like, yeah. we're all on the same page here we we we, ri- we ride together we die together yes. you know like <laughs> no for sure and for sure and there was there was a fighter on this fight you, you, you we jump right to it you want to talk about the our spokane yeah fight? man yeah the uh ultimate fighter final ricky tercios versus uh spokane's own brady highstand which which brady put on he stand or high stand? High stand, I think. High stand. But he, I mean, they went all the way to a decision. Yeah. This Ricky Tercios guy was 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 trying to get on the Ultimate Fighter, the Contender Series before. So the UFC has been been eyeing this guy for a, while. for a while. Yep. And so um, it was a incredible battle. I think the difference in styles really, really broke down the judging i mean obviously they felt like the striking was more valuable versus ground control which is to me takedowns in certain scenarios i guess i could understand that but when you have five minutes was it five minutes it was an atrocious amount of time it was at least five minutes of ground control right like an entire round start to finish right was brady controlled ricky tercio yeah I I didn't I didn't understand like I didn't understand how they could have scored it ten to nine in either round one or round two for Ricky. Right. That was that was the hardest thing for me to like. And this is not to to, to take anything away from Ricky. Congratulations on a job yeah. well done and winning yeah. the Ultimate Fighter f- finale. I just didn't. And this is I'm really I'm truly stepping outside of you know. Brady's from my hometown of Spokane, Washington. I'm not trying to be a hometown homer here. I just think the judges got it wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think when I went back and I looked at the strike count, I, I saw the like the significant strikes thing, and 
maybe they just weighed that a heck of a lot more like you're talking about. Right. But I don't understand when you get six takedowns, you know, and you're as efficient as you were on the ground for as long as you were that in those first two rounds too, like it's like, it's one of those examples of they forgot. It's like they completely forgot about the first two rounds and it was right. just like, I, I'm scoring it off of round three. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's when he, when Ricky knocked him down with the strike or not. Well, and they were both pretty gassed too. Like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, I mean, we talked about it prior to it even being announced on live TV. I think I said, this is the best fight we've seen in the Ultimate Fighter since Griffin Bonner. Dude, and then they repeated that. And they literally repeated it within two and a half minutes of when I said that. Yeah, it was crazy. Like Everybody everybody knows what it's like when your boy on the couch is calling the game or the fight better than the dudes paid in the booth. You know? <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah. Every, but it's 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 nice validation, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. It, I was like, see? <laughs> but uh we even got that on camera. We maybe maybe we did, I don't know. Yeah. But a it's hell a tough, of a fight. Tough, I, tough fight. I, I think that it's gonna be very hard for the UFC to not offer a contract to Brady here yeah. very, very shortly. Like yeah. I, I think if he isn't signed by the UFC quickly, he will he will sign a pro- probably a deal with Bell- Bellator very, very quickly. Right. And rightfully so, like Bellator should want to go after him because he could climb the ranks of that division very quickly, potentially get a shot at like a championship within the next couple years. And apparently Bellator pays better. Oh yeah. It's a it's a much better pay scale for the fighter, from what I understand. So I mean that's just smart. That's just good. It'd be good for Brady. Yeah. You know. Um but I mean, the way he fought, I think Dana's probably gonna take a look at that and be mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, he absolutely deserves a UFC contract." Maybe he puts him on the contender series. Yeah, um, I could totally see that. Or some some more LFA fights or something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah. There, uh, the Kevin Lee versus Daniel Rodriguez was a banger. That was awesome, dude. That was a. It was a fun fight to watch. Um, D-Rod is just... There's there's a difference in his ability to take a punch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can't necessarily teach that. It's just... That's just natural. That's just natural heart and toughness. Like you can tell, he's been in some wars in his life, probably yep. prior to MMA, and uh, it's helped catapult him to where he is today. Because he can take a punch, he can hang. Um, not that Kevin Lee can't. Um, but yeah, no, Kevin Lee was it was scary that whole fight. He was yeah. right there. I mean, it, and that's the tough part is like whether you like him or not, you got to give Kevin Lee some props, dude. He's fought killers and yeah. He's he's knocked some fools out. Oh yeah, up and coming. Gillespie. Yep, that Man. was a freaking nightmare knockout. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that was Kevin it. Was it reminded me of slap. yeah, that was the same that uh, knockout when Kevin Lee knocked out Gregor Gillespie. It reminded me of when Marlon Marias 
hit uh, Jimmy Rivera with that same leg kick. Yeah, it's just it that. It just sounded like a piece of wood hitting somebody's head. I was, it was just devastating. And just yeah, just an immediate, immediate body goes limp. Yeah, yeah. But that was a great fight. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching, watching that one. There were some just solid like under call them maybe under the radar fights mm-hmm. um obviously the the big the main event was fantastic yeah uh barboza had some just crazy strikers dude yeah cause giga dude Woo! yeah i mean you could tell giga giga doesn't start quite as fast as someone like no, barboza but he settles in very Yo, dude, well, yeah and it dude. never it never slows down yeah. so it's like uh the volume the volume, yeah. I mean, Giga had 128 total strikes to 95. Mm-hmm. So, but in the first round, I feel like interestingly enough, was, only 10 of those those weren't significant. That's insane. That's insane. Or I guess 11. Only 11 of those strikes were not significant. Right? Yeah. No. I don't know how they got this going on because they say. Yeah. Oh, you're only, right. Yeah. 11. Only 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 uh 10 of them. Only ten of them were not significant strikes. Yeah, he just—he looked like a machine. I'd love to see him against Max Holloway or Yair or freaking. Oh, he called. Didn't he call out Max? I think he did. Yeah, he wants Max next. Which Max was supposed to fight Yair, but you know, of course, Yair that... Rodriguez is hurt again, so he's. Fighting. I thought that that was a. I thought Max had to pull out of that. Did he? I could be wrong. Let me look that up. I I could be wrong too, or maybe it was something COVID related. Um, it could him. Uh, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe. Cancel. No, Max had to withdraw. Oh, damn it! Yeah, blessed. Yeah. All right. He had an undisclosed injury. Yeah, man. But that I think Giga and Max would be a great that'd be a great test for Giga and probably for Max too. Dude, for sure. I mean For sure, Max. Is- the way that Max is the type of guy too that he settles in to fights very very well. So you're talking about two guys that clearly like they might not start super fast but they settle in and could be could be a war for the ages. Yeah. Be a good one. But I was very, very impressed with Giga. Oh yeah, he looked fantastic. He looked fantastic. Ah, that division, dude. Whew. I know featherweights. Feather at Bantam, man. Even the flyweights, man. I'm hearing yeah. Moreno's uh um next guy is Pantosha, right? Ooh. And he's lost to him twice. Oh, for real? Yeah. So he's like, needs to get this back. He's 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 like he's not. I'm like I'm not doing this for a payday. I'm just doing this to show how much I've evolved. I'm not, you know. Like I th- I think Pentosha is like, um, telling people that he's that uh, Moreno's scared. And I'm like, well, it's kind of hard to tell the guy who's UFC flyweight champion that he's scared. I don't think yeah. that guy's. I don't think that kid's scared of anything. 
No. I don't think he under, like, like, you know how people have fear? Yeah. Like, you, you know, like, you're just kind of like, eh, creeps me out or what? Like, I just don't think that that, like, is, uh, I don't know that Brandon Moreno knows what fear is. Right. The like, he's he just, his, well, his just, like, his personality is, like, I just, I don't, I, I, I think that he is just, he's a very unique individual that doesn't really, he doesn't see it, he doesn't feel it, he doesn't yeah. hear it. It's just something that's completely externalized. I don't know. I kind of went down a rabbit hole there. No, I'm, I'm tracking. I know what you mean. Sometimes people are just like, you can see it in the way they react, like how he treats like his media event or how he treated the second freaking um, championship or fight for the title. Mm-hmm. And he became more relaxed for that second right. one. He, and he took the first one on the shortest notice as uh, Davison did. So yeah, it's just, he, I, I know what you mean. He's, I don't want to say the, the, it's a, it's a poor word. Um, but I think he's a little naive to it. Yeah. Like he, he just doesn't know that it exists or how it exists. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, it could just be like maybe his whole outlook on fighting is just, it's just complete fun for him. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's complete fun. And, and you see him smiling out there quite a bit. Yeah. Even when he gets tagged. So I'm, yeah, I could a, be, yeah, that might be spot time. on when I say that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it, man. Um, I just wanted to pull this up real quick. You want to talk about, you want to talk about this Till um, Brunson card real quick? Yeah, we could talk a little bit. Really. Got, if you remember. The oh, yeah. Fans. Our boy. Yeah. This weekend. Trev called this a long time ago. Yeah, one of the very first episodes, I think, when we started this a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, we kind of had a, a segment for a while where yeah. we were looking at like MMA prospect profiles. And, yeah. Um, one of the guys that I'd found the, at the time was fighting across seas. He'd come up in, I think it was Cage Warriors. Yeah. Um, and was a champ there, and he's undefeated still. Fourteen and zero record. Jack Tank Shore, the pride of Wales. Actually, I shouldn't quite call him that yet because Joe Calzaghe is still the pride of Wales, an undefeated boxer. Um, but Jack Tank Shore is is uh, following in the footsteps of that uh, that name, uh, or that I guess the protege that is. Joe Calzaghe's the, legacy. The moniker. The moniker, yeah. Great, uh, great save there, Corbs. No problem, buddy. That's <laughs> why I'm here. But uh, Jack fights this weekend uh, against Ludwig Sholinian, right? Sholinian? Yeah, he's a 9 and 2. He's a little older, 31 to Jack's 26. Yep. Like about the same size. Jack was supposed to fight two. So he was originally supposed to fight. Um, Habib's cousin. Yeah, what was, uh, it's not on here. Damn it. And then um, uh, Levashili, I think, is who he was supposed to fight after that. He had to. Yeah, dr- Saeed Nurmagomedov. Yeah, he was, and then he was right. Ziad uh, Lazvishli, 
yeah, was Lazi was the replacement, and then Z- Ziva- Z- Zviad had to uh, had to yeah, drop out hurt. of that one as well. Yeah, got hurt. No, so didn't. now he's fighting the third guy to step in. So Ludwig Scholinan. I think Solinian. that uh, I don't. I, I don't think a lot of guys want to step in the step in the cage with, with Jack Shore, man. This guy's the truth, and uh, hopefully we uh, see him continue his uh, undefeated streak in the UFC this weekend when he fights Shalinian. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to Ludwig, though. Yeah, too. yeah. I'm just a big fan. Yeah, we got to root for Jack. It's um. It's interesting because you'll know, you'll see this. It's Patty Pimblitz, another cage warrior yeah. prospect farm to the UFC. He's fighting for his first fight in the UFC, and he gets a main card spot. So that, that's, what, that's what a little bit more recognition will do for you when Uncle Dana wants to bring you over, which is fine. For sure. You know, but, I'm, I mean, we're stoked. Patty's a, Patty's a beast. I think we're, we're all fans on this side of the pond. He's a he's a fun character. Yeah, yeah. To uh, follow. Yeah, really high energy. He's gonna yeah he's gonna be go- he's gonna be great for the UFC. Oh, especially perfect. that division. Dude, it was funny. He was on Twitter because I started following him now that he's he's big timing, and uh, somebody said something like, "Ah, oh, this uh, McGregor wannabe even talks like him." And he's like, "I'm a freaking scouser, you c-. like." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Irish, dude. He's like, he's like. I think Darren Till's a scouser. Like, they're not. Yeah, it's very far from Ireland. Yeah, but I, yeah. It's just funny. Yeah, he, he he's a pretty sharp dude on the mic and the socials and stuff. Yeah, he's he a, what he's he's, he's witty. He's pretty yeah. witty. Who but yeah, that should be that to? that should be a good car with Brunson and Till. Yeah, the headline. Oh well, that Sergi Spivak. Dude, that heavyweight. Oh, and Tom Aspinall. That's a freaky. Yeah, Tom Aspinall. Isn't he Scottish? Right? I or no, he's English. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a Brit. he's yeah, he's English. That's right. He uh when, yeah, his submission of Orlovsky was impressive, dude. When he's it looks like he's fought this is his fourth fight in the UFC against Sergey Spivak is that that heavyweight that mm-hmm. they throw all their prospects against right. cuz he's just the most well-rounded heavyweight. Right. Up there next to like a serial game. Right. But like, yeah, this dude's knocked out two people and then choked out Andre Orlovsky and now they're throwing him against the freaking vet and it's, that's a banger. That'll that's be a, a great good one. Fight. Yeah. I don't know much about this Morono versus David Zawada fight. Who's- I don't know. I think we've seen Zawada fight before. I'm pretty sure. Huh. Those are some tough. Yeah. Moscow got subbed by Habib's cousin. That's I don't know, that has no business on the main card considering you got Tank Shore on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But whatever. I mean, look at these records versus that one. You got an undefeated dude. But I mean, I don't. Who listens to me? Khalil Roundtree is always a good, always a good fight. Well, wonder. notice there's not a the smallest they go is lightweight. In that entire gotcha. card, so they so they put it. the they put the little guys on the the prelims, yeah. Which you know, it's a little unfortunate, but right. He'll get his, it is. He'll get his time. I mean, I tweeted him, Patty Pimblet, 
or Richard Short, Jack's dad. I follow yeah. him on Twitter, and he yeah. said, I showed you guys this, but he said something like, can't believe, he said something to Patty like, ah, you forgot to mention Jack Shore. And Patty apologized for it or whatever and everything. And But um, just I, I even said something to him. I was like, we didn't forget about him, Rich. We're, we're still waiting for him to get his main card spot. Yeah. They appreciate it. Even Patty liked the, the tweet, so it's kind of nice. like, it's nice to, I don't know. It's just nice to see, like, even though they talk a lot of shite, like, just regular, regular. Oh, totally. Well, I, I, I told you, um, Travis, who came over yeah. and watched the fights this last weekend with us, um, met Jeremy Stevens in, right. in the airport at, uh, the Denver airport last weekend coming back. He called me immediately, was like, guess who I just met? And was, he was freaking out. He was super excited about That's it. Awesome. It, was, it was pretty cool. And, then he then he sent him a message, he sent Jeremy Stevens a message via Twitter, and he's like, "Hey, I just met you at Denver Airport. I didn't want to ask for your autograph because I didn't want to make a big scene, but it was great to you know great to meet you and safe travels." And Jeremy Stevens responded and said, "Oh, no worries, dude. Great to meet you too. Next time, just ask. I got you, brother." Yeah, like, like super cool about it. Yeah. You know? it, it, it- so see all the bright lights. It's and everything. it's it's great to see that because you know sometimes you see like you see these guys fighting. You're like, I wonder if they're like really approachable people, you right? Know? Like, right. but they're just they're just human beings, you yeah. know, like the yeah. rest of us. Um, yeah, they they and they pre- I think they appreciate a lot of the fans what the fans bring to the sport too. Yeah, very, I mean, if there really weren't passionate. fans, like, I mean, imagine like people not watching this. You know, Dude, the fans are a big, the fans are a big portion too of like the UFC's rise to prominency really over boxing. Absolutely. Boxing hasn't come, come back to like react, like, you know, huge viewership and just until these last probably five years. Right. And even then it's still kind of like, mm, is it really getting the notoriety that it used to? Right. It's mm. hardcore fans. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. not yeah. like whereas MMA is beginning to open up to more casual fans a lot, yeah. lot easier. There was an article I read this week that I, although I don't agree with everything that was said, um, Mark Ramondi, you know, legendary boxing um, uh, analyst and like co-announcer, announces fights, like follows it, writes about it. I mean, he saw people kids kids like at the jake paul fight with tyrone woodley that like he's like i've been watching boxing and covering boxing for years i haven't seen this young of a crowd come to an event like this in all of my years doing this so regardless of how you feel about jake paul as a person he is changing and shaping what kids or young young individuals that are interested in combat sports are watching. Man, they watch a lot of YouTube, right? So Jake marketed well and is now to this point where like, love him or hate him, he is kind of doing something for boxing that a lot of people would say is, well, it's an atrocity. You know, it's 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 yeah. it's shameful. It's a blemish. It's it's a blemish and. Although I do agree with that to a point, Ramani makes a great point too. Like, would that fight have been watched 20 years ago by some bum that just off the streets thinks that he can box with somebody that's a combat sports veteran? 
Probably not. No, it wouldn't have. Probably not. So. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting changing of the guard almost of like, what's the real draw? Right. You know? Yeah. You can't force feed people the same thing over and over and be like, yeah. you got to like it because it's tradition. Right. And now there's all that stuff with like, oh, Jake's retired boxer now all of a sudden, like as of yeah. this week. I'm like, that's not, dude. He's made too much money now that he can't. No, you got to taste. You got you to keep going, man. Yeah, I mean. Well, shit, like, man, if Tyron Woodley didn't knock you out, like, and he rocked him, you know. I, I love all those memes this week where, like, after he rocked him and Jake's up against the ropes and he's just standing back there, like, not hitting him, just waiting. There was one that said, that had, like, a little bubble coming out, like, Jake sitting there saying something along the lines of, um, don't do it, Tyrone. You won't get paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. No, no. <laughs> don't go for the kill. You won't get paid. We agreed. <laughs> yeah. Dude, for sure. Um, and yeah, it's all it is, is don't knock them out. Yeah. Don't knock them out. Let them make it all the way. Yeah. Let's make everybody believe. I think that was one of those fights, though, too, where it was like, he had to knock him out to win. He could have beat him up every single round. Yeah. But as long as Jake Paul didn't get knocked out, he was going to win that fight. I know. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, that's not to take, in, take away anything. He's, I think he just showed that he's, like, maybe a little tougher than people give him credit for. Yeah. Um, you know, I would be... In, uh, uh, I was watching um, the DCRC... Uh, podcast and DC brought up a Dan Cormier brought up a great point on that show. Like Anderson Silva could outbox and win a fight against Jake Paul, against Logan Paul. Like he thinks Anderson Silva could maybe be the next. Like because of how well he looked against um, was it Julio Chavez Jr. Um, we might have to fact check that, but at his age, apparently Anderson Silva looks incredible incredibly good uh from the boxing standpoint we've always known he's been a fantastic striker um but yeah it that could be an interesting next fight for uh i think that um jorge would be a fantastic dude and that's a money fight you know that jorge is interested in a money fight jake paul would be interested in that the build-up to that would be phenomenal um I just kind of worry about like, you know, is someone going to get hurt before that? <laughs> yeah. You know, like the build up, like, Oh, I know. You know that's gotta, that gets annoying. Especially like, after all the drama that happened between, um, Woodley and Paul's camp prior to, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, his mom and that, all that stuff. So anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of went down a yeah, boxing we, rabbit hole there for a few, but yeah, we did. It's worth right. it. It's all right. We got UFC 266 coming up. Yep. That's going to be a big fight between Ortega and Volk. Who yeah. you got? Ah, it's so tough, man. It's such a freaking hard pick. I think I'm going to go with Volk. I think. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not super confident about it. Yeah. What about you? Uh, you know, you're right. It's an incredibly tough pick. I I think Brian Ortega has evolved a lot more mm-hmm. since since Max beat him up. Yeah. 
Um, he what he did to Korean Zombie was very impressive. Yes. Um, I think he's just in. He's a more polished fighter uh, going into this fight. I don't know that he's more polished than Volkanovski, but I think he's at the peak slash prime of his career. Like, mm. if he's going to become a champion, he may do it against Volkanovski. If they get on the ground, I worry about Volk's, like, not his ground skills, but I worry that I think Ortega is going to have, like, be able to wrap his arms around him, his legs around him, yep. choke him out, that type of thing. Like, I, I just think he's, he's a little... He's a little lengthier. Yep, two inch, two inch height advantage. The reach is interesting. I don't buy that reach at all. I think that that, that seventy one. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's what are you putting like quarters in his fists and taping them up and then measuring them? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like a roll, a roll, fingers. a roll of quarters and taping them and just trying. To, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't buy that he's got a 71 inch reach, but because he's got a longer reach than everybody apparently, Brian Ortega. There's no, there's no, there's no way that a guy that stout, short and stout. Yeah, five five, bro. Yeah, has no. Max is way longer than that. Crazy, Brian Ortega is only five seven. Yeah, I know, isn't it? Isn't it wild? They look so much bigger on camera. Oh, dude, they look enormous, honestly. Uh, I'm interested to see too um, how when they come out, how much bigger Ortega is going to look, because yeah. I think he's going to put on and probably have a good ten pounds on Volkanovski mm. at the time of the fight. Yeah, very, very. He's he looks like kind of like excuse me, against dudes. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. It should be an interesting fight. Yeah, I'm excited. We got a couple of other. Other, I mean, you think Lauren Murphy's got anything for Shevchenko? If they got on the ground, I think that there could be problems, but I just don't see how she's going to be able to like pull that off. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 Valentina's striking is just way—it's way too good. And I've said this for a while now. Like her and Amanda Nunez need to make that happen. Yeah, that again. needs to run. Back. That needs that needs to happen again. Hopefully, it does. Yeah. We'll find out after the Juliana Pena fight. Yep. Because if Julian, I mean, dude, I'm not, I'm not doubting Juliana at all. I think Juliana is gonna give Amanda problems. I truly believe that. Oh, I thought that was two sixty-seven. When's Amanda fighting? Did they just pull her? No, it's coming up. I think it's on two sixty-seven. It might just. They yeah, might be okay. ironing out the ironing out the details of yeah, because then they could have because two sixty seven and two sixty eight are gnarly, dude. Those are incredible cards. I'm pretty sure, dude, it's two, incredible. I'm pretty sure it's two sixty. Well, is it go past two sixty eight? Maybe it's two sixty nine. Why is it let me go? Yeah, it's it's one one of those. It's on one of those cards. It might be. Maybe it's the December card now. Yeah, I feel like I saw something about it got getting postponed, but it could just be making that up. But I saw something on it this week. There is there is some recent news on it out. So, dude, Jessica Andrade and Cynthia Calvillo should be a banger. Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, 
Yeah, dude, Bloodsport, brother. Yeah, Bloodsport. That's gonna be that's gonna be flat out war. I think it's gonna yeah. be a bloody mess. That's gonna be a fun one, man. Nick Diaz's return at welterweight, man. Didn't the last time he fought, he fought at middleweight the last time he fought in the UFC, right? Let's check it. 2015. Yep. Anderson Silva, middleweight. It was the one fight that he fought at middleweight. It was all, well, welterweight was his natural weight before that, but Mm. I think he he went up and fought Anderson. For a middleweight bout, UFC 267. I think you're you're right. I think that's yeah. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. I'm pretty sure it's uh. You got Jan. I think Clover. there's yeah. There'll be three three title fights that night. Yep. Aljamain Sterling and Peter Jan. They've got to. Dude, the whole that. back end, the whole back end of this year. Yeah. For the UFC is absolutely phenomenal. If you are an MMA fan, Christmas has come three, yeah. four months early. Yep. You have all these gifts to look forward to. Not just on the UFC like main cards, like 266, 267, 268. There's some fight night stuff that is mm. fantastic. Uh, Tiago Santos, Johnny Walker, that's oh, going to yeah. be an incredible fight. Um, even, even the... Uh, yeah, yeah, Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann. That was supposed to happen a while ago, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's that's finally that's, happening. That's fantastic. We got Brunson until this weekend. Like, there's just some great stuff. Yeah, in the works, you're right, man. dude. They've they've done a fantastic job. Yeah, all the way into November. Yeah, it it UFC two sixty seven two sixty eight are within a week of each other. Did you know that? That's intense. Yeah, it could be the greatest seven days in UFC history. Well, that leaves... It will, be, it, will be the, it will be the greatest seven days in UFC history. I can promise you that. Well, and that'll be the... Um, they'll probably throw the follow December up with a lightweight title because by then, um, Oliveira will be ready to fight whoever's, whoever, whatever contender has emerged throughout, th- for, between now and then because it looks like on 67... Didn't something come out this week that they're um, fighting before the end of the year, Oliveira and? I, well, it's not you. I don't know. Let's I'll have to go look that up. I'm pretty sure. Cause you got, I feel like I just a lightweight fight somewhere. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Whoa! What the hell? UFC 266. The prelims got Marlon Marias versus Marab Devashili, Dan Hooker versus Nasrat Hapkaris. That's a freaking great prelim setup. Yeah, man. My goodness. Like I said, Christmas come early. Dude, for sure. Probably about does it for MMA, huh? Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. We will we will definitely oh, be we will definitely be talking uh, a lot more about those cards as they get closer cuz we will have another episode prior to them, but mm-hmm. something you guys can look forward to. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. All right, little breaky. Had to had to crack a new beer. We uh, we just kick some college football off, right? Crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. 
College football is officially underway, folks. And there's going to be fans in the stands this time around. Yeah. No abbreviated seasons. Cross our fingers. Knock on wood. Um, which we'll talk a, a little bit about in, uh, later on in this short segment. It won't, hopefully it won't be too short, but um, yeah, man. First games were last weekend. The first big games of the season are this weekend. Yep. What do we got? What do we, we got, got some top? Weekend? We got quite a few top twenty-five matchups to look forward to, man. The big one, I think that everybody's probably talking about and and excited to see, is that uh, Georgia Clemson game, Ooh. three versus five, I believe. So, um, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. No Trevor Lawrence. No. Yep. We'll talk a little bit about yeah his rep- yeah. his his heir to the throne, who apparently Dabo Sweeney is saying can do everything Trevor Lawrence could do and maybe even better. Dude. Which is interesting to see. That's These guys just don't miss with their prospects. I know, right? Found the kid out in California, too. From West Coast to East Coast, you know? Yeah, yeah, why not? Go play some old football. <laughs> um. The the Alabama Miami game, okay, is a big one. It's tough for me to, you know, with Bama always being a usually the number one team in the nation, a top, you know, top three team in the nation based on rankings headed in to each season, typically, or at least however long that's been for. <laughs> right. It it's tough for me to like get super excited about that Miami matchup. I will say this. Their uh, Miami's quarterback Derek King is on the Heisman watch. Ooh, but nice. so is Bama's quarterback Bryce Young. Dude. So it could be a it could be a fun one to watch from that standpoint. I just sometimes I look at that and I'm like, man, you got a top five team playing a team outside the top ten. Mm. Well, didn't that kind of mess up? Miami's a lot better than I think I maybe give them credit for though. Okay. Um. It just, like, those big games, I feel like Miami in recent years has always struggled to get up. And it's, you know, it's only the second game. I think it's their first game of the season. We'd have to double-check that, though. I don't know if they played last weekend, so. Nope, yep, neither one of them have played a game. It is, I will say this, Miami does have this going for them. It is at a uh, neutral site. Oh, cool. Mercedes-Benz Stadium out there in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Where the Dirty Birds kick the three? Is that what they yeah, say? Yeah, Dirty Birds kick the three. Yeah, kick the three, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I was actually just listening to a uh, song by Big Crit. Yeah. Um, And it ha- it was a remix with Luda on it. So. Nice. It was pretty dope. <laughs> Super fresh. Super sick. Super sick, bro. Uh, but yeah, that Bama Miami game could be a good one. Penn State Wisconsin, big okay, right big here, ten right? matchup, right? Yeah, that um, looks good. Indiana Iowa could be a solid one as well. 
And rounding out the, uh, yeah. it's a top 25 matchup, Texas and Louisiana. Not oh. LSU, just the regular Louisiana. The University of Louisiana raging Cajuns. Oh, my gosh. So that could be a good one. Yep. And then you got your Georgia Clemson. Yeah. Yeah, so some exciting college. Oh, UW's playing Montana. All right. Yeah. LSU and UCLA, Notre Dame, Florida State. All right. So definitely some big action this weekend. Damn. Yeah, you know that Notre Dame, Florida State game might not be a bad one. Well, tough to say. I don't. I don't know how good Florida State is or how young they are. So yeah, um, I can't speak to. I gotta do a little more research before I speak to that. Notre Dame was a playoff team last year, too, weren't they? I think so. But let's get serious about college football real quick, guys. The biggest game of the weekend is right here in 84 miles south of Spokane, Martin Stadium. The Cougars of Washington State look to start their season in the win column against Utah State. Huge game, folks. Huge game. What do you think is going to happen in that one, Trev, in all seriousness? I think we're going to get a big go Cougs. Nice. All right. All right. Um, I mean, I'm excited to see the return of Max Borgie. Ooh, yeah, for sure. That's Dude, cool. like, super That's excited super about cool. that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot of, like, drama around the Washington State Cougar football mm. program right now. Mm-hmm. Some of you may or may not know, but our coach is being sued by a former player or a lawsuit has been filed against him and the university, I believe, as well. Uh-oh. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, coach Rolovich uh, is a, I think, a profound individual. I... I Appreciate his um, willingness to stand up for what he believes in, um, but unfortunately, I think that that kind of doesn't mesh well with what the university is trying to promote. Yeah. So, uh, but he has said that he will cooperate with all COVID nineteen protocols. So, you know, what that means to we'll leave it up for interpretation and see how yeah we'll that see gets how deli- that delivered out. upon, but. Yeah, um, there's a lot of just like question marks kind of surrounding Cougar football right now. And I, I, I guess my point is I hope that the off-the-field doesn't translate to poor execution right. on the field. It's not just this, it trickles into their performance and just ruins the season. And yeah, it's over I mean, if anything, so. hopefully it just like kicks everybody's ass in a year and is like one of those motivating factors like we got to get the job done. You yeah, know? it very well could. Because, you know, if if Nick Rolovich weren't to have a winning season this year after all the stuff that's going down, I think it would be very easy for the university, even though he is owed an an enormous amount of money still, like, in his contract that I believe is all guaranteed. um, It would be... It would be a very detrimental situation for the university all around. And Nick Rolovich, because, 
like, look, if that were to happen, and I hope that it really doesn't, because I, I truly do like him as a coach, I, it, it would put Cougar football into one of those maybe depths of despair. Yeah, like a spiral eras, kind like of Like a thing. spiral, like when we were in college. Like yeah. we might be one of the worst and in, enter into being one of the worst. Because of the amount, like you're going to still have to pay him. And you have to go to, go find a coach that you can, that the university can afford. And can convince. We're going to have to really ramp show. up donations to like potentially like, I don't know. You'd have to find um, a guy that has a lot of upside, but isn't necessarily has the best track record. Right. Because yeah. of maybe he's coming off of some of his own personal stuff or off, uh, off the field or like, you know, like, or maybe hasn't coached in a while, right? Or took, like, took a sabbatical, stepped away from the game for a couple of years. Like, or just like a, a, a coordinator from a, you know, a powerhouse D1 AA school that, you're just going to hope that can recruit well yeah. as a coaching staff that he can bring that will take But that a lot of the time that we've seen, we've seen how that works out in the past in the pack. 12 there's, and it, it's, it hasn't always panned out. So, you know, I will say this, it is panning out for Jimmy Lake over at UW. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He was an Eastern, Eastern kid. Um, I think he coached Eastern for a period of time too. So I think you're right. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I really hope none of that comes to fruition. I hope we have Rolovich for years to come. But there's a lot of stuff surrounding Cougar football right now that's going like, mm-hmm. this cloud, just freaking bumming, bumming out the whole organization. Yeah, and you, and how can you expect anything to just all of a sudden start firing on all cylinders and everything. You kind of like, mm-hmm. you're really hoping this isn't over before it starts. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, it's like a pirate ship with a crew <laughs> out in the middle of the ocean, but you only have like two working cannons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you got to hope that those two working cannons put in a ton of work yeah get that job done yeah you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah yeah it, it's kind of what it feels like right now but i i don't want to be a pessimist i'm right. i'm more of an optimist when it comes to this this stuff I, i'm that's why i said i'm super excited about the return of max borgie i'm excited for Jaden Dolores' second year as, as a quarterback um um mcintosh their other running back Solid, dude. Nice. Is it McIntosh? I think it's McIntosh. Yeah. They have a solid. They have a solid running back core, and the run and shoot is a little different than air raid. It's similar, but focuses on a little bit more on the running scheme. So, but at the end of the day, I'm just really excited to see what they can do with Borgie. Yep. Yep. Um. Got this note here. Oh yeah. So to add to like just our college football segment here, the uh, all Power Five conferences have announced that if games are canceled due to COVID nineteen protocols, games will not be rescheduled. So it won't be like last year where they maybe try to reschedule something or push something around and play it at the end of the year. 
it won't be rescheduled. It will count as a loss for the school that team that um, school or team that forfeits. Yeah, and a win for the one that doesn't. And I, from what is being gathered, it's kind of been said that it's a way to sort of encourage vaccinations for all players because gotcha. not all players, I believe, are vaccinated at this point. Even though, you know, I think a large portion probably are, but. Right, but there's guys like in the NFL, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins, who's super outspoken about how he's not going to be vaccinated. Right, you know, so right. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a way to push, you know, and encourage vaccinations for players, which I think, you know, it, it, when you're talking about like education, education institutions are always going to push for the safety of their their students and. Yep. You know, in this case, players. So yeah, they get tens of thousands of kids running around. Yeah, yeah. They don't. I guess, in a way, they would probably look at it as like maybe it's a little bit of a liability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, especially if they get caught not doing what they were supposed to. Do. I know that. Um, I believe this year, Washington State specifically, uh, the university asked students to not return to campus if they hadn't been vaccinated um, and remain taking online classes until they chose to. Oh, so yeah. So they're just kind of like, so I don't know if that's like, you've got to submit your vaccination status once, you know, you have been vaccinated so that you can take, you know, in person classes. We're living in an online world now. You know, work from home environment, school from home environment. So I think we've, as a country, well, as a world, we've learned how to navigate those waters where we don't necessarily have to walk to a class or, you know. Yep. Yep. It's going to be okay doing some virtual learning a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting, interesting uh, initiative. I'm kind of glad to see that the Power Five conferences took that stance because it just it gets too too crazy at the end of the season when you're trying to figure out records and well, well you yeah. didn't play this game like there were teams last year who were like okay they're what they played six games or they played seven games and you, they're in the college football playoff yeah know. it's like this why are we doing this or you know we're we're trying to make a case for them to be in the college football playoff no yeah sorry sorry that's but. not fair to the teams that ended up playing eleven games right and winning more games than. Correct. Right. Maybe. Um, early Heisman watch. You know, with college football starting, we should probably mm. talk about this now. But uh, some some exciting uh, talent out there. A lot of quarterbacks. I feel like the Heisman Trophy. You know, like, well, Devontae won it last year, right? So, wide receiver. Yeah. But I feel like quarterbacks are usually the ones to win it. Yep. Most of the time. Yep. Naturally so. They do a lot of work. So there's a lot of them, as you can imagine, on the Heisman Heisman watch list. Got Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, who's, uh, I think, uh, one of the favorites to uh, potentially take that home. Had a pretty uh, awesome season last year. He started slow, turned the ball over quite a bit, I think, the first couple games last year, but uh, settled in and showed that he's got the talent and he's the, the playmaking ability 
Especially when you got Lincoln Riley as a coach, that guy is going to put you in situations he's to help win. you. <laughs> yeah, he's going to put you in situations to succeed. So, Sam Howell is another one. North Carolina, dude. This guy reminds me of Baker Mayfield, dude. Not only does he look like the guy, look him up. All right, all right. Not only does he look like Baker Mayfield, he plays a bit like Baker Mayfield. Um, I think in his two years of being the starting quarterback. We're having quarterback time at North Carolina. He's thrown 68 touchdowns already and only Dude. like 14 interceptions. Ridiculous. A little thicker than Baker. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, he, looks he can exactly sling it. Like him. I know. So he's he's definitely on the radar. Uh, DJ... Ugadalele. Nice. Uyagalele, I think is how you say it. Yep. Uh, He's uh, Clemson's quarterback. And da- that who I said earlier, uh, Dabo Sweeney believes can replace Trevor Lawrence uh, or can do everything Trevor Lawrence did and maybe even better. So. That's a big order. I know, right? You know. And he's a sophomore. It's crazy. Yeah. Inland Empire. Oh gosh, he's two fifty. Holy yeah, huge, smokes! Bro. I didn't realize he was that thick. <laughs> that's a, that's unreal, a dude. Big quarterback. No wonder. Yeah, he's gonna be hard to bring down, and he can run. Man. He's a big kid. <laughs> Six four, two fifty. Woo! Dude. dude, he doesn't look it though. Like when you look at him. If you look up highlights of him, he does not look like he's 250. So maybe he's 235 and they're listing him at 250. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they give maybe. you 10, 15 pounds. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, here's a guy that I think is going to run under the radar a little bit. A fantastic talent uh, at Iowa State. They're running back, Brees Hall. Okay. This kid last year averaged 131 yards rushing. What the hell? Per game. Dude. Yeah. Averaging. Averaged 100. When you boil it down, he averaged 131 rushing yards per game. And that doesn't even, I mean, we're not, that's just rushing yards. I'm not even talking about what he did from a reception, from a receiving standpoint out of the backfield. So I think he's going to run under the radar. Here's the deal. He's probably going to have to put on one of those like 2,000-yard seasons in order to make the podium. Take, the, take it from those other yeah, candidates. Yeah, yeah. But he plays in a tough enough conference that if he were to, were to do that and accomplish that, I think he's got a great shot, and he's going to run under the radar a little bit. Right out of the gates. So okay, okay. If it happens, you heard it here first, <laughs> yeah. folks. Making the cut with Corbin Trev, Brees Hall is a Heisman candidate in my eyes, and potentially a Heisman winner, depending on how this season goes. Assuming he stays healthy. Yeah. <sighs> Cross my fingers. Cross my fingers. <laughs> Cross my fingers. That's exciting, though. Yeah. That's yeah. fun, man. I cannot believe that one, averaging 130 before you count receptions, dude. Yeah. Get out of here. Pretty wild. Pretty freaking wild. Pretty wild. That quarterback, too, that Clemson quarterback, that's exciting, too. 
Yeah, I'm. I mean, you know, they're starting to kind of become like quarterback you a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, they've. I mean, Clemson's just got talent wherever they. You know, but so does Bama. Yep. Yeah. So does Bama. Just one of those powerhouses. Yep. So LSU should be should kind of in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. This year. Not so much. I don't know how good. I mean, they're ranked what? They're ranked sixteenth, I think. Yeah, that's what I saw. They play UCLA this weekend. Sixteenth to start. You never know, though. I mean, like Coach Orgeron gets the most out of those kids every mm. year. Mm. You know, assuming there's not Barney. Like last year was a little bit of a outlier with COVID. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase sat out the entire year because he was going to be a top like five pick. And then Terrace Marshall Jr., like, he played a, what did he play, a couple of games, and then he decided to sit the rest of the season out. So there's their two top receivers didn't play. Um, but LSU's always in the mix there at the end. Yeah. They could be slightly uh, under-ranked. Mm-hmm. You know, they may, they very well could be like after the first couple of games of the season, like a top five team. Yeah, yeah, that's you know. cool. Pop into the top ten at least. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Want to move on to the to the big league? Yeah, man. From one uh, from one football. Well, from football to football, the college game to the NFL. We've officially wrapped up the preseason. Yep, everybody's September 9th is the off. first. NFL regular season game, Thursday night football, Cowboys Bucks. Who you got in that game? Uh, Cowboys Bucks. Bucks, dude. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. How sure are you? I'm pretty freaking sure. I mean, um, you're not just sure. You're <laughs> positive. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, I. Uh, you might want to cut that. <laughs> I'll bleep it out. Um. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say I it though. The, the the Bucks have they've got a freaking killer defense. I love their defense. I love their secondary. You think they can light up the lamp? I think. <laughs> I think they can light the lamp, bro. In fact, I don't know. I bet you Dak gets picked off at least once. Hopefully, his lamp doesn't get lit. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, got a long season ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm 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 rolling with the Bucks, dude, and f- the Cowboys, anyways, for life. So <laughs> I don't I don't even really know why. You're not just, a, you're not about that hard knock life. No, I just I don't know. I've always kind of hated on the Cowboys. They're just kind of like America's annoying. team. Yeah, they're like the Niners or the Packers. It's like they're constantly getting all these oh man accolades, and it's like sweet. I don't know if I can agree with you on the Packers. That's all right. That's all right. I um understand the Cowboys. I understand the Niners. Yeah, I would understand like the Steelers. Yes, um, probably the Bucks a little bit now. Maybe not so much prior to last year. Right. Um, but Green Bay still that that's all right though, as far as like a yeah. I don't know. There's so much like team. nostalgia about yeah the Packer like. The Packer organization. When when we were youngins, like Brett Favre was the man. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I I don't know. 
I have friends that are Packers fans too, so naturally yep. it makes it easier for them for me like I have the idea. playful trash talk, you know, when it comes down to like game day between the Seahawks and and the Packers, but overall I don't I wish them well. Yeah. I also wish like the Vikings well, which is kind of odd cuz those two teams hate each hate, other. Yeah, absolutely hate each other. Yeah. Pretty much any team within the, uh, within the, within the, the NFC, within the NFC North, they all hate each other. Like, oh, dude, yeah, you got the Bears, the Vikings, the, the Lions, and the, yeah, Detroit, dude. Yeah, just can't stand each other. Which Hawks don't like their division. They don't. They don't like the Cardinals. They don't like the, ni- Niners. Don't like the Niners. I don't know. Like, they can't stand the Rams. Yeah, I guess there's there's been some rivalries that have sort of developed. They're not as like. Those are so much newer, though. Right, right. You 100%. know, because because the Seahawks didn't always used to be in the NFC West. Nope. Right? They were no. an AFC West team for years. Yeah, with the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Chiefs. Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers. They were, they were five. Oh, it was they, a five th- division. It was, it was a five team division, I believe. Excuse me. Yeah. That's annoying. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, well, this was when there wasn't the uh, Jags and Texans. Panthers. Panthers. For real? Uh, yeah. That's when there was the realignment, I believe. Yeah, okay. Or it caused a realignment of some sort because of that. Because they had to send the Jags to the AFC South and a team to the NFC South. And a team maybe had to move. Yeah. I'd have to look that up. Maybe fact check, circle back. But the Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville Jaguars came into the league together as expansion teams. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, they were announced as a 29th franchise in 93, played in 95. Mm-hmm. Jags were the same year, I believe. I bet you, I don't know the answer to who Carolina's first pick was ever. Um, but I do know who it was for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe. We should we should see if I'm right. All right. Look up Jacksonville Jaguars first pick ever. I believe it's Tony Baselli. Is he gonna say? Oh, and the logo change. Might have to look up first pick ever. I'm fairly certain it was Tony Baselli. See if my Yeah, name. you're right. Oh Holy man. Nikes, Trev. <laughs> Freaking Encyclopedia, dude. Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I only remember that though because he ended up being like one of the best offensive like tackles ever in, in the league. That's Maybe cool. yeah, yeah, he could be up there. He's a Hall of Famer, I think. Well, maybe not yet. I don't do. <laughs> uh, Tony Pacelli. No worries. Got some new faces and new places, especially this time of year. You know, like once camp cuts happen, and then there's like yeah. trades that need to take place. But there's there's roster been some cuts. Yeah, roster cuts. There's been some there's been some trades here in the last just this last week, the last couple of weeks that I think should help many of the organizations that we have mentioned here. Gardner Minshew is no longer a Jacksonville Jaguar. Speaking of yep. the Jags. Our boy Minshew is now taking his services north. 
To Philly. To Philly. Backup Jalen Hurts. Well, who knows? That's cool, though. You know what? I think Gardner Minshew's going to start some games this year. I think that I think a lot of people think Jalen Hurts is going to break out. And he very well could. He's a dual-threat quarterback. Right. But with that is going to come some sort of struggle. And I could tote or potential, God forbid, injury. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think Minchie's going to get some looks this year. And, dude, that could be like perfect situation for him. He's got two great tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Devontae Smith could be could be a good fit good for fun. a guy like Minshew that likes to. Got likes a little to huck experience it. in in yeah. the league too, so he's not. And he's so marketable, man. I mean, yeah. like, that's. I think the Philly fans will love him. Yeah, I, I do too. Even if even if he is just a backup quarterback, I think the Philly fans would love him. Yeah, and you know you got some faith in your backup because it's just tough to like. If guys never really had a bunch of games. I mean, think how 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 freaking. How many opportunities Minshew had when no one expected it? Oh, totally. You know, and then for him to have some success, it's just like, ah, it's so it's so it's such a cool story. It's such a it just keeps getting better, and you know, he got usurped by the no, number one overall pick, right? Like, no problem. That's what. Yeah, that's what that happens. was. I think they had. I think they knew that they had a trade piece that they could get something back for, and. Uh, you know, there was, it wasn't really going to be Gardner's job. Like, I think Urban Meyer is completely invested in Trevor Lawrence, as he should be. They spent yes. the number one pick on him, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, and who knows? Maybe Minshew was just like, hey, it, it's clear that it's not, I'm not going to get my opportunities. Trade me somewhere where I think maybe I can have opportunities. And yeah, they just, chopped around a little bit and that was the best that they could find and he said sure you know he's the guy that's always up for a challenge like he doesn't yeah he doesn't really take no he's for an answer. he, doesn't, he doesn't really take no for an answer yeah so like yeah. okay whatever yeah i'll take this new i'll i'll go to a new franchise i'll i'll prove i can succeed beyond beyond just this sure i'm sure a lot of people still kind of think Minshew like the stars just kind of aligned for him. You know what I mean? But you mean in college? Um, and the transition to the pros, you know, it's just kind of like the Cinderella story type thing. So I'm sure he's always going to have to kind of work with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that honestly, like, like I said, he's a very marketable quarterback. Yep. He really only needs to win. Like if you if you let Gardner Minshew start in an organization that has a little bit of talent on the offensive side and defensive side, he I think is capable enough to take a team to an eight and eight or nine and seven record for like a wild card berth. Yeah. And that's all yeah. he really needs to do. To be successful in this league. Totally. A hundred percent. So. Yeah, that, that's exactly on point. The Vikings um, saw Irv Smith Jr. go down with a uh, knee injury this week. So uh, they traded 
for Chris Herndon, who has been like this breakout tight end candidate from a fantasy aspect for quite some time. He's been with the Jets for the last few years. Um, but I think he's, I think he's going to find maybe a little more success being in that Vikings offense. Um, Irv Smith was said to be like a potential breakout candidate at the tight end position, especially with um, Kyle, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Got uh, the Hawks traded for Sidney Jones, who's, like a U- who's a UW kid. Yeah, yep. He's been with the Jags for the last couple seasons, so they needed some help at corner. So I think that could be a good fit. Uh, Sony Michelle has found a new home with the St. Louis Rams. They made a they made a trade with New England. That's probably going to work out for them. I, I I think it will because they had to give up like a bag of peanuts to get him. I think it was like a six round pick or something like that Dude. to New England. That's I mean for a guy that was drafted, I want to say in maybe the first or second round a couple years ago. Like that's that could end up being a very good situation for the Rams. So yeah. interested yeah, to see how that pans out. Joe Schobert has, uh, who has been a phenomenal linebacker for the Jaguars um, over the last, I think two seasons, if I'm not mistaken, maybe three uh, has found a new home and is traveling North to Pittsburgh. It's going to be a Steeler. That'll be perfect fit for the Steelers. They've, you know, typically known to have a pretty good linebacking core. Yeah. Yeah. So he fits the mold great. Um I honestly most of them I think will have an immediate impact with the exception of Minshew, you know, cuz that's sort of like a, it's, it's Jalen Hurts's job to lose. Yeah. Um yeah. but I think Chris Herndon's going to fit in right there hopefully for him like that I mean that's going to give Kirk Cousins one more option to throw to. Yep. Um Sydney Jones, like the Hawks needed cornerback help, so that yes, could be a great. Sure. He could be a great fit at the nickel, uh, like we said. Sony Michelle, great fit for the Rams potentially. Schobert undoubtedly is a great fit for the Steelers. So I think these guys all have an immediate impact, um, with the exception of maybe Minshew. And who knows? You never know. Never, you never know. know. Week two could be uh, calling on Minshew to huck it, chuck it, football. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was caught reading this a little bit about Sidney Jones. Yep. He'll play on both sides. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're good. At, I sometimes I think a change of scenery too is it might be a, he's familiar with the area, you know, like that's Oh yeah, they signed um uh my or Mark uh, Vital, Mark Vital. Oh, right here, yeah. Yeah, this guy just won a national championship with Baylor against Gonzaga, <laughs> and he's he got. Uh, I guess he got like an offer to play in the um, NBA summer league. Ooh, and now is career changing to what a beast. the Seahawks. Seahawks sign him, I guess. Dude, just <laughs> just today. <laughs> I think I'll go play professional football yeah, instead. Well, he's probably been an athlete his entire life. Yeah. So, yeah. He's got he's got the uh um measurables to play at the tight end position. I think Rip, he's like right. six something defensive two, player two, of the year award twice. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a solid 
solid athlete. So that's fun. I I love when the Hawks do that kind of stuff. I was kind of surprised um, today, or was it today or yesterday? The the Bills cut Jacob Hollister, and I thought, ooh, well, ooh. pick him up, pick him up, bring him back. Yeah, you know why not? He knows the system. Sometimes though. You piss a player off enough, and he's just like, "Sorry, I'm not." I, 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 I read a report that Hollister was going to sign with the Jaguars. So, oh, okay. But who knows? Maybe he ends up back in Seattle. Maybe they make a late, late uh, swoop for him. Yeah. Come back to the Northwest. We need you. We need you, bud. But, dude, how about this though? The beginning of the Mac Jones era in New England. What do you think about Bill's new toy? <sighs> Let me get, let me pull up the Patriots real quick. The Patriots. Patriots. Um, I I don't know, man. I feel like I've never really been high on Cam Newton over the last few years. I know I remember when Superman was Superman. Tough to be high on him for yeah. the last yeah yeah few years. So I mean, like, I don't know if I was really. I I, I kind of expected him to beat out Cam for the job. Did you really? Well, yeah, just because, like, if Bill's, I don't know, I just feel like Bill really commits to these to his quarterback prospect. You know, like Jimmy Garoppolo, like, he was, he, he was forcing that to work, right? Yeah. He really commits. So, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I don't want to naysay him because, obviously, you don't just get to roll up to the Patriots organization and kick out somebody like cam newton for the job if you're not a freaking animal yeah you know i watched some film on him last night actually oh you did yeah i found this this great youtube channel with like a lot of good breakdown okay and um uh the the question i guess that was proposed in prior to like breaking down this specific set of film was does mac jones um, have the mobility to make it at the NFL level. Uh. So before I even watched the the film on it, I went and looked up his forty time because I'm like, if I remember correctly, I think he ran pretty well for a for a quarterback. When I say well, like under four eight. Okay. Okay. Um, and he ran a four seven nine. <laughs> Boom. Check. So done. Then I um. I started to watch, like, I watched the first, this was about a 15-minute video of different games, you know, breaking down his mobility as a quarterback, his decision-making as far as in terms of mobility, right? So I watched the first, like, four minutes, and then I stopped it, I paused it, and I go, huh, what did Aaron Rodgers run his 40-time in? And I went and looked, and Aaron Rodgers ran a four seven one. Oh, okay. So an eighth of a tenth of a second difference in their forty ten, which is you know, my a lot of a scouting standpoint probably says that's a lot. Right. But I would also say too, maybe that wasn't Mac Jones's best forty time ever. Right. I looked at then Russell Wilson's forty time, which was like a four five five, which is light years ahead of both of those guys. Yes. Um. So then I proceeded to watch the rest of this film and on mobility in Mac Jones and what Mac Jones does extremely well that you also see 
in a former quarterback of the New England Patriots Uh-oh. is he's willing to stay in the pocket and take a hit dude, while delivering a big-time throw. Making the the difference between that individual and Mac Jones is Mac Jones can actually run. The guy that, the guy that I'm referring to, and I'm not comparing him to him, but I'm referring to as obviously Tom Brady, ran a 5-2 when he graduated from Michigan. <laughs> nice. A 5-2, which is dead slow. Terribly, terribly so for a quarterback. So can Mac Jones, from a mobility standpoint, make it in the NFL? Yeah, I think he can. Um, I think he's also in a situation where he's not going to have to do a ton because the Patriots ran the ball they were they ran the ball had the third most rushing attempts as a team last year. Okay. So he's going to be asked to be game manager, which naturally as a rookie quarterback, I would expect nothing less. You know, maybe they turn him loose a little bit, but they don't have a ton of weapons from a receiving standpoint outside of their tight ends and Hunter Henry, yeah, and Jonu Smith. Um they picked up Nelson Aguilar in uh, free agency, who had a pretty good year with the Raiders last year. Mm-hmm. I think he had like eight touchdowns and maybe like, I don't know, eight or 900 yards. So that's pretty good. Pretty darn good. Not, it's not like huge numbers, but it's... It can't good. all be Calvin Johnson. Can't. Exactly. But for a team that runs the ball as much as they do, yeah, that's perfect mm-hmm. for them. So it'll be interesting to see, man. I, I think that uh, Bill's got a, a good, good... Um, foundation yeah he he should have a good foundation here like you just you put the kid in situations where he can thrive and execute and you know as long as he makes good decisions um and learns from his bad decision making ability like he doesn't make a ton of bad decisions from what i can tell um but he i tell you what the, the the other part of it is is like college game is different from the nfl when you step up into the pocket and you're willing to take a hit Taking a hit from a guy in the NFL is a little different than taking a guy taking a hit from a guy at the college level, right? Dude. The game is faster. Yeah, they're bigger. Yeah, uh, they're nastier. Like it's top, top ten. So yeah. he'll and you know he'll have a coaching staff that gets him through all of that. But dude, it's it's gonna be. I'm I'm kind of interested to see this next like few years of of the Patriots, right? The whole division. If you look at it, look at how young the quarterbacks are in that entire division. Right. Buffalo Josh Bills, Allen. Miami Dolphins. Tua. Tua. Yeah. Uh, Mac guess. Jones. Zach Wilson. Right? Right. Ton of young quarterback talent. If you're, I mean, if you're a fan, like, you're either like, man, I am so afraid to go to a football game because <laughs> <laughs> I've got, you know. With the exception of the Bills, the Bills are like Josh Allen's the truth. Right. You know, he's going to be good. Or he is good. Um, Did I just see they have three quarterbacks? Four quarterbacks. We're carrying three in okay. Seattle. Okay. In fact, we just got a new one yesterday, I think, or today. Sign him off the waivers. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Jake Luton. Dude, I saw something funny on Twitter. I was. It was like, Jones's first practice at Seahawks picks off Russell Wilson and throw, throws the ball back and yells, you f***ing suck. <laughs> just, 
<laughs> just like Sherm did that one. Who practice. did? Remember that drama with Sherm, Richard Sherman? Yeah. But who, we're, okay, say say this again though. Well, who, I think it was the I think it was this dude that the hawk. Oh, Sidney Jones. Yeah, he just got there like yesterday, didn't he? Then was it a different? Did, did we have another pickup in the secondary besides him? I don't know. Uh, oh, Maybe man, I'm, I'm messing up my story like a real John Reed, but I think they already parted ways with him. I'm glad we were able to lock up Jamal Adams, dude. Oh, my goodness. Huge contract. Makes him the highest paid safety, doesn't it? Yep. John Reed. Yeah, John Reed? We picked him up this year, right? Yeah, we just traded for him. It was him. Oh, okay. John Reed's first practice picks him off. You f***ing suck. That's yeah. what he said to Russell Wilson? No, it was a joke as if he did that just like Sherm did it. Oh, gotcha. That's why I thought it was so funny. It's That's like, hilarious. But... That dude, it's gonna be fun to watch our secondary because you're right. Jamal signed Quandre, healthy, Quandre. healthy. He was banged up a little bit last year, yeah. so Quandre, Jamal, Akilah Witherspoon, which I'm excited to see what he can do. There's gonna be some depth, man, especially at the safety position. I'm kind of curious what they're gonna do with Ryan Neal. I feel like Ryan Neal cannot stay on the bench that much longer. Right. They're gonna need to figure out like. Either put him in the slot, move him to corner. I mean, dude, he's a huge kid, 6'3", 200 pounds. He just, the way he filled in for Jamal when Jamal was hurt last year, the guy was a stud. Yeah. He was an, he is a stud. He's an absolute stud. But I think that they have enough depth. They, they always want that to be like the Legion of Boom. It's never going to be the Legion of Boom. I know. It's we never going to be the Legion of Boom again. Got to let that but go. they have enough depth, I think. Um that they can maybe convert one of these players that's like a safety to like nickel. Um, they're they're pretty high on Trey Brown. Yes. Um, Trey Brown has shown promise in the preseason. You know, he's uh, he's a chip on the shoulder kind of guy too. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, he went to the, smaller. I, I think he went to the senior bowl and so did Dwayne Eskridge and they were like, did a ton of one-on-one work together. So they already were familiar with each other prior, prior to getting drafted um, by the Seahawks. That's pretty so cool, that's, man. So that's super cool. So they've, they've had a little bit of a competition stemming from their college days, too. Uh, it started at the Senior Bowl, and then they un- ended up on the same team together, and it continued. <laughs> That's kind of, but fun. Adding that's Sydney fun. Jones should help. I think our linebacking core is going to be solid. This, you know, Jordan Brooks. Oh my gosh. He's going to look so freaking good. I th- this I'm, year. I'm excited about Jordan Brooks. This yes. year, dude. I, yes. I, I can't wait to see him get a little, get a little more playing time, even more playing time. And Cody Barton's yep. solid. So you know? I think be- I saw that Ben Burkirvan got hurt. Which is, oh damn which it! Which is unfortunate. He, I think he was probably going to be out for a while with a knee injury, but maybe even I think they were thinking it was going to be an extensive period of time. So I don't know if it requires surgery or not. But the D line will be solid. I mean, what what do you think? Like, what's the most exciting part about this team heading into the season, Ooh. man? Man, I I'm really anxious to see our secondary because you know, like you just said, we can. It's never going to be the Legion of Boom, but I mean, with all this depth, I'm just I hope I hope we can come up with some exciting playmakers. 
but I'm also excited to see, like you said, we got a lot of we got a lot of uh, our linebacking cores for the most part, other than KJ Wright just signing with the Raiders for mm-hmm. one year. You know they're gonna be veteraned out and to bring Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton into the fold. Well, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I think just making sure our defense can and close some games out for us, you know. I I all the all the returning talent and obviously our quarterback, our receiving core, you yeah. know. They're, yeah. They they should be good this year. They should be a lot of freaking fun. So, I but I'm still with signing Jamal, getting Quandre settled and then get yeah. corner figured out. Could be fun. Yeah. What about you, man? What about you? Um I'm always a defense guy, but I yeah. think what I'm most excited to see this year is um, the addition of Gerald Gerald Everett mm-hmm. from from the Rams. Uh, nice coming over with like Shane Waldron bringing him over. The, Gerald Everett's one of those guys where like there's been all this potential and hype and talk, and he's played pretty well. He's a, he's a pretty good player, but I think that they like there's been this idea that he can maybe be like a top five tight end in the league you know that would be which which fun. is that's exciting to me especially to pair with like a guy like will disley who has had years where like his his seasons have started so strong and then all of a sudden boom done, done. injury done boom done injury so like that's that's been disappointing but uh to pair those two together um also the addition of Dwayne eskridge man mm-hmm. I think that this offense can blow the top off of secondaries, uh, you know, with with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Dwayne Eskridge is a four three guy too. They're only, I think they're only carrying like, oh gosh, maybe they're carrying. Oh, this is this is including their practice squad, but on their actual fifty three man roster, I believe they're only carrying four, four. Yeah, they're only carrying four wide receivers right now, which is interesting. Um, that tells me that they're probably going to be in a lot of two tight end sets. Oh, okay. Um, or maybe they have. Maybe they're going to use Everett as like a more of a move slot kind of tight end hybrid role. You know, where he's running. He's not necessarily lining up on the. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's not blocking for Russ yeah. and then releasing. After. Yeah, it, it, that would be more of a Disley thing. Yes, yeah. To, to the best of my knowledge, I could be wrong, but we'll see. I'm excited. There's going no, right. to be some secret one. weapons, that, and with a new OC in town, there, I think right. there's some tricks tricks up his sleeve. That right, that's a good it, point. and Gerald Everett said this too earlier this week. He said, uh, "I haven't played with a quarterback of this caliber before, so that's so pretty, he's that's, excited. That's pretty exciting for me." And what I can potentially accomplish in this league, so hell yeah, yeah, man, That's should awesome. be fun. NFL is just right around the corner. We're uh, literally a week away from the first first game of the season. So fun time of year, man. The hype weather is changes. real. Football just looks good in the sunny weather too. You know, yeah. some of those outdoor stadium games and everything. It's still sunny. Everybody's excited, amped up. Yeah. We're less than six weeks away from the first Seattle Kraken game, if you can believe that. That's freaking that. exciting, man. I feel like it was just Light yesterday. up the lamp. Light the lamp, bro. Just yesterday we were talking about 
the beginnings of all this and you were explaining to me how expansion teams come into a league yeah. and things like that. And now all of a sudden, dude, it, it's, it's happening. It's, I know, man, we've, the draft has come and gone. The roster has taken shape. What, which, uh, how do you feel about the roster? So I'm, far? Dude, here's the deal. So the, here, before I get into the, like the roster and like okay. how, how I feel specifically about it, what needs to be understood is that prior to when the Vegas Knights were an expansion team, you know, okay. uh, four years ago, there hadn't been an expansion team in the NHL for 17 years. So naturally, it was something that general managers were not familiar with the expansion process, protecting players, the right way to protect players, giving up like a hell of a, a, a huge package just to keep uh, a, a player protected or, or telling a team, hey, if you don't select this guy, we'll give you these picks. Like kind of like, meandering around the deals, you know, situations like it was very, very different. And what ended up happening is they wisened the f*** up <laughs> uh, because they made mistakes and they understood the mistakes that they made. And when Ron Francis, the general manager of the Kraken, took this job, he knew right away that it was going to be a situation where we're not going to have that we're not going to be like Vegas that got these cream puff deals. And, and, and when Vegas did draft their team, there was a lot of like, who the hell is that guy? Okay. Like, who the okay. hell is that guy? Like, but it wasn't, it, but all... there, but there went, but by the time like the season had started, there were, I think only like, there might've even been less than 20 guys on the roster than from what they originally drafted. Oh, so, and Seattle did a little bit of that, moving players around. They players that they ended up drafting, but then moved for like picks okay, later okay. on because why not? You know, certain just certain organizations had players that were unprotected that just weren't going to be or fit the mold of what the Kraken were looking for. Leading into the how I feel about the roster and how it was constructed, I'm pretty excited, about it, man. <laughs> like it's and you know. It, it would have been easy for them to go out and spend money on Carey Price big and b- bigger, bigger names. But they ended up doing that anyways and got Philip Grubauer in free agency, who's arguably a top three, top three netminder in the NHL. Dude. So, but what they did extremely well is draft def- defensive players and two-way players. So offensive players that play a good two-way game, physical players. Guys that are going to grind, they're going to they're going to make it extremely difficult for maybe a more talented team to score goals because of the physical part of the game. Yeah. So they they really had to look at the analytics side of it, look at um, players that uh, score are on the ice when goals are scored. Okay. Right. So it became it wasn't like what happened with Vegas four years ago where Vegas just ended up with all these great players, went to a Stanley Cup their first year. To say that that's going to happen with the Kraken is, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's probably highly unlikely that that happens. What I can say is that I truly believe that the roster they have constructed, they've got guys 
that have been maybe on the second or third line that are fully capable of being uh, on the first line. They have talent that they're good enough to be on that first line. So they have a bunch of guys that could be breakout players this year um, based on where they're, you know, who they put where and how they mesh. They've got some great leadership and guys like Mark Giordano, who played 15 seasons for the Flames. And then, you know, I think the Flames try to do everything to get the Kraken to not, you know, take him in the expansion draft. But he's such a valuable defensive player that and has leadership that he immediately is probably going to be our like team captain. Dude. Um, so he'll help with like, you know, molding that the younger generation of Kraken players. They got Jamie Oleksiak, who's a absolute f- mauler uh, on the defensive side. Like, guys, the, he's literally the biggest man, I think, or heaviest player in the NHL at like 6'7", 260 pounds. Oddly enough, his sister is, a, I believe, a gold medal Canadian swimmer. Whoa. Penny Oleksiak. Um, just, just that. It's and she blood. once won Canadian Athlete of the Year by the way, ah. over uh, a guy by the name of Sidney Crosby. <laughs> I'm sure you're probably familiar with Heard who of that him. is. Heard of him. Yeah, they've got great players, man. Jaden Schwartz is going to be a, a great addition. Um, really like Brandon Tanev. He's going to be a great two-way player. I think the fans, he's going to be a fan favorite. Alex Wenberg could have a breakout year. Um, they got him in a free agency. Um some solid players, man. Vince Dunn is gonna is probably gonna have a big their their def, their defense. It's gonna be tough for teams to score goals, and they're gonna be a physical team and make it tough. Yeah, hey, it fun. might not be pretty at the end of the night. It could be a one nothing Kraken win, but guess what? It's a f- win. And yeah, and you don't you don't care how you win, you just get it done. And it'll I think for like a young franchise to have that tough like kind of beat 'em up team. Yeah, that can that can secure the win right. by playing tough tough that's going to be fun for a new and franchise the pacific and division the pacific division within the western conference is not super talented that's awesome so, so they're gonna like get, they're gonna get a little break going they into that. they could they could very well surprise and who knows man they could surprise everyone and just come out and be a team that meshes that gels and plays well together and anything is possible behind a seattle-based Seattle fan base, dude. Like, anything is possible for sure, right? Like having the, the Seattle fans behind them um, in that new arena or remodeled arena. Dude. Gosh, it's gonna and it's gonna be. You think it gets loud at Lumen or yeah, at Lumen, Lumen Field? Yeah, it's gonna get so loud at the Pledge, man. So loud inside. <laughs> I can't imagine what the decibel levels are gonna be for some of those games. Dude. Especially imagine if they got in the playoffs, how loud it would get, dude. And yeah, you're right. Just having. Having a franchise's neighboring you like the Seahawks, yeah, you know, um, I think, you know, I guess Philip Grubauer was a huge addition. Uh, they got Marcus Johansson on a really, uh, really good deal. Um, guy that's battled some some injuries, but is okay. is capable of scoring twenty goals and adding twenty assists. So, they're uh. They're going to be solid, man. Um, and when you have a guy like Philip Grubauer oh, and their backup, they drafted Chris Dreiger from the Panthers in their 
expansion draft. And that's who, when the expansion draft happened, that's who we thought we were starting with, with as our, the goaltender of the future for the Kraken. And okay. then all of a sudden, free agency starts two days later, or whatever it was, maybe the following week, and they announced the Seattle Kraken have signed Philip Grubauer. Everyone's like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God. And it has become, it's similar to like the NFL with a two running back league. You got to have a two goal goaltender okay. league because okay. Long at, game. At, if you get to the playoffs, you want your best goaltender like healthy and rested as much as possible. And if he's, if he's played 40 games himself, you know, you're not going to have a healthy dude. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, it's, it's safe to say he could play 40 games, but like, you got to split time amongst, amongst goaltenders, you know, so that your best goaltender is well rested when it comes playoff time. Cool. So, cool. Anyways, little follow up to our last, uh, yeah. our last episode with, you know, circling back on some cracking talk, but no, NHL season's well. right, right around the corner. First games, I believe October 12th, first home, the home opener against the Canucks. Uh-oh. Is uh, October twenty third. That's so fun. Might have to have a little watch party for that one. Hell yeah. Yeah, in my one of my Discord groups. Or no, I was on a live chat for YouTube, and one of the dudes' avatars was a Kraken avatar already, and like it's begun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Fun new team. It's freaking fun. How could you not be excited? Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, All right. well, shoot, man, it's been a hell of an episode. Hell we gotta, yeah, we has. gotta, we gotta end it with maybe a walk off here too. What uh, you got? Uh, any walk offs that Dude, you can think of that? I freaking, I didn't. I feel like let me look up some. Let me. Look I think up. we should give a walk off to uh, Spokane's own Brady Haystan for yeah. his his uh, his tough tough finale final, man. I mean. You know, sometimes uh, it doesn't always go your way on the scorecard, but in my eyes, that guy's that guy's a champion of of uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Um, what he accomplished throughout that series, what he did to Ricky Tercios in the majority of that fight, to me, was enough to to be deemed the Ultimate Fighter. And I'm certain that he's going to get a UFC contract at some point in time, assuming Agreed. he stays healthy and continues to develop. Conti- continues yeah. to develop. He's super young. I mean, he's Dude, only 22 years old. Yeah, right? so freaking, uh, everything in he, front of him. He's he's got a lot of lot of lot of fight days ahead of him. So, hats off to you, Brady. Yeah, you're uh, one of our walk offs uh, on uh, episode 23. Light the lamp. Another walk off. Uh, that I wanted to bring recognition to because it's a little MMA related here is Gable Stevenson's uh, Stevenson's Olympic gold medal um, in wrestling. So an incredible, incredible uh, achievement. Yes. um, As an Olympic athlete. But now it sounds like he's turned his entire focus to becoming an MMA, uh, full-time MMA fighter, which is pretty exciting because That's we haven't exciting. we haven't seen a guy like that since Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier. So th- it could get very exciting in the heavyweight division here in the next couple couple years. Now, 
you know, when you have a wrestling background, it takes some time to probably develop like the strike game and whatnot. But with the right coaching, the right people, the right gym, I mean, the guy seems like he's probably a sponge when it comes to Dude. to to being able to hold his own. So our uh, other walk off in this this uh, episode is Gable Stevenson's Olympic gold medal. Hats off to all the other Olympic gold medal winners, uh, not only from the United States, but all the other countries. It was Absolutely. A, it's a fantastic, um, it was a different Olympic Games. It was kind of, mm-hmm. for me, I don't know, it was hard to get into, but it was, um, it was just different, right? Part of it was because it was supposed to happen last year. So you're yeah. seeing everything is like 2020 Olympics. I'm like, it's 2021. Yeah, you know, it, it should have just changed the year. But I whatever. think there was probably too much, too much already put into like branding ah, and like the, totally, you know. Oh, and they probably don't want to have to be like, okay, now it's four years from here. Now they right. had a nice, nice even four years landing perfectly on twenty twenty. You know, yeah. But yeah, you don't want an odd year in the Olympic logo. Yeah, doesn't yeah. work. No symmetry. <laughs> Well, shoot, man. It's been real. Dude, it has. Heck of an episode. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Check us out on uh, social media, Instagram and Twitter at Making Cuts. Uh, We will be back with another episode probably, I would think, in October because we got... Yeah, technically we're in September. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So probably early October. Yeah. So maybe maybe mid October, so we get a little closer to the preview of two sixty eight or two sixty seven, two sixty eight. Um, yes, UFC two sixty seven, two sixty eight. That's a good call. Um, and we'll be well underway with the NFL season at that time. Probably talk a little NBA on that uh, episode. Yeah, because we'll huh. be getting close to close, if not the start of the NBA season, I believe. Yes, it will be. It it'll be warm. We got up. some. There's some new new faces and new places there as well. Yeah, which. It's going to we'll be a probably, fun year probably, this year. Probably talk about, but, and of course, college football will be in full effect at that point too, and, and hockey as well. So yeah. a lot of good fall sports to look forward to. Uh, we didn't talk about it on this episode, but cross your fingers, folks. If you're a Pacific Northwest native, the Seattle Mariners, <laughs> it's September and they are very much alive in the wild card race, folks. We haven't been talking about this at all. Part of it is a little bit of superstition on my part, but uh, if you haven't been tuning into Mariners baseball, check out some Mariners baseball over the next month. They've got a they've got a real opportunity to maybe mix things up in the majors. So that's awesome. I and they've they officially do, been named the number one farm team organization farm organization in all of baseball. That's pretty sweet. So exciting times to be a Mariner fan. Um, just extended Scott service. Just. Uh, Extended uh, Jerry Depoto, who is also named president, um, acting president of the uh, organization. So, yeah, that should that should remain relatively intact. Yeah, That's we cool. we we certainly hope so. So, hopefully, in this next uh, episode, maybe we'll be reporting back about a, a little bit of a playoff. I'll run. allow who it, kn- man. Who knows? If they, you know, if they can do it, let's do it. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Two out. So what? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I like it. Sodo Mojo. Yeah. Yeah. Hells yeah, man. Good to catch up with you, brother. You too, Trev. Appreciate Always a great time. Appreciate everyone tuning in. We'll check you out this next time in October. Absolutely. Or tune in then and yeah. 
we'll get back at you with some great sports banter. Yeah, the summer's over. The lull is the lull of sports is done. It's the seasons have begun again. The seasons have begun. Yeah. Winter is coming. Yeah, it, for sure. Uh, All right. Cheers, brother. Later. Peace. Peace.